Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Can't Handle the Truth. Today's episode we are going to be talking about another new Netflix film. <laughs> I'm doing so many Netflix films, but it seems to be all that's getting released. Like yeah, there's been a few big films and you know next week or at the end of this week I think actually, yeah, end of this week there's a couple of big films. So there's Encanto, the new Disney film, which is going to be related to this slightly because both have a connection to Lin-Manuel Miranda. So there's Encanto coming out at the end of the week and also House of Gucci, which I'm looking forward to both of those. And there's also the Rocky Four um, director's cut that's been released, but I don't think I'll review it. I'm going to watch it, but I don't think I'll review it. Either way, a lot of Netflix stuff out recently, so a lot to talk about with them. And today's film is Tick, Tick, Boom. Now, I don't know if you're supposed to pause in the middle of that or if you just say it's Tick, Tick, Boom. But there's some ellipses in there somewhere. Tick, Tick, Boom. Like, Boom is in capitals. So are you supposed to say Tick, Tick, Boom? (laughs) You know, just blast it. I don't know. Either way, it is Lin-Manuel Miranda's feature film debut as a director. Now, we've seen him produce stuff. We've seen him write songs for films. We've seen him be a creative mind in a lot of things before so just recently this year especially in the heights and vivo and see the thing is i reviewed both of those films months ago but i just haven't edited it and i haven't uploaded them so i don't know whether to edit them and upload them now and just have like a four film series of lynn's films because you've got those two this and then encanto at the end of the week so i think i should just do a quad release and have all four films that he's been a part of this year just in one continuous go. Either way, I loved In the Heights. I thought that was spectacular. One of the best films of the year. Vivo was fine. It was all right. It was a nice little kid's film. Some good music, obviously. Now this, as a director, he's he's good. Okay, he's a good director. I like some of the style that he goes for. It's just didn't really hook me that much. Now, ironically, the same thing happened for In the Heights initially to begin with, because I watched it, um, well, I totally didn't watch it two months early, definitely not. Either way, I watched it and I thought it was good. I thought it was a great film of some great songs. I liked the whole style to it. It just didn't really capture me. It didn't really hook me straight away. But then after watching it multiple other times, I fell in love with it and I still love it. And it's just one of the best films of the year. Now, Tick, Tick, Boom, on the other hand, it's certainly a different style of film like the directing is nothing like that of in the heights purely because different directors and for lynn's first time behind the camera you can tell that he's just like trying to find something unique something that makes it his own whereas other established directors already have that sort of thing whereas this i can't help but feel that he's a better writer when it comes to the songs when it comes to the story it's just directing He's not bad. He's not bad by any means. It's a very nicely shot film. It's a nicely directed film. It just doesn't really have anything going for it special. Whereas all the other films that he's been a part of, you can definitely tell there is some pizzazz in there that he brings. Whereas in this, it it tries to, I, I can see it trying to burst through the seams to showcase something amazing but half the time I was just thinking I feel like it should have been done by somebody else or it could have been done by somebody else because when you've got a Lin-Manuel Miranda film that he's been a part of the music or the story you can tell okay the music is so specific it's definitely his style you know that hip-hop fast-paced elements to it 
Some of it feels like it in this too, however the songs and the story was based on Jonathan Larson and his life. It is a bit of a biographical film and depiction of Jonathan Larson, who I didn't know this and I don't know whether to say it, even though you can just Google it and, you know, this isn't a spoiler review, but it's kind of, it's kind of a big deal, but at the same time it's only really hinted at throughout. Um, He died at a very young age, I think he was about 36. Or maybe it was just before his 36th birthday. But he sadly passed away of a heart aneurysm so young. And just before Rent opened. So he didn't get to see Rent on opening night. Which is a real shame because I like Rent. I like the music from that. I loved the film. I think that's good. And I didn't realise that this guy... I didn't realise before watching that this guy existed. I didn't realise that this was a biographical film based on the guy that created Rent. I did not know that at all. So I was intrigued and interested by the story i thought it was a very very well told film and the story is interesting it's just the music is very similar to that of rent and obviously because it's jonathan larson however when you're watching something that lin-manuel miranda is associated with you kind of want something different so i like how he's trying to establish himself as being a director not like his music and not like his writing however it could have been done by anybody. Like Literally, it could have been done by me, by you, by anybody. So it's a shame. And there are moments when you start to see it come through and you start to have these set pieces. Like the diner scene with the Sunday brunch song, it kind of just expands out into a massive stage. And, you know, it looks nice. I mean, it looks okay. Some of the CGI and green screen look a bit dodgy, but I think that's just Netflix. I think there's been a bit of a smaller budget here. If it was something like In the Heights, it clearly has a bigger budget and would look so much better. And, you know, bear in mind that this is his directorial debut. You've got to take it with a pinch of salt. You know, it's not going to look the cleanest. It's not going to look the sharpest. I'd want it to. I'd absolutely want it to. Because other debut features that I've seen have looked better. You know, just recently there's been a lot, actually. So The Harder They Fall, that was done by James Samuel, his directorial debut feature film. You've got Halle Berry just made her debut feature. I think it comes out tomorrow. I'm not sure, but Bruised, that's also on Netflix. Maggie Gyllenhaal, she's having her debut feature film on Netflix later in the year too. So I like what Netflix are doing. They're giving everybody a chance that most people wouldn't get because, you know, before Netflix came along, it was pretty much just the big directors got the movies and everybody else didn't. There wasn't an audience because... Nobody was going to go see the feature film debut of somebody you hadn't heard of or that wasn't typically associated with behind-the-camera work, you know, more just on screen, because a lot of the people making their debut features now, they're all actors. So Regina King had her debut at the start of the year. Rebecca Hall had hers on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. So now all these actors are taking a stab at being a director, and it's about time that Lynn gave it a shot because he's an amazing writer, he's an amazing choreographer, but directing... I don't want to be too harsh. I don't want to be too harsh because it is just his first one. And, you know, obviously there's room for improvement in everybody's feature film debut. But it just didn't really capture me in the way that I wanted to be captured. However, as much as I can say Lynn's style of directing isn't the most groundbreaking, there's one scene in particular, one set piece that is just phenomenal. I'll keep it brief because this isn't a spoiler review. However, the scene in which Andrew Garfield goes swimming... That's just stunning. That is absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the best scenes I've watched all year. Honestly, it's beautiful. So I love that so much. And if Lynn does more like that in his future films, whenever he's directing next, 
it'll be amazing because that right there that scene is special it's really really good it's an incredible performance singing by Andrew Garfield it's a really unique musical number and by the end of it the design of it all how it all comes together when he's swimming for a reason and what he sees I, I don't want to say but at the same time it's just yeah watch it just go and watch the swimming scene I don't know how far into the film it was but it's terrific absolutely sensational stuff just seeing everything come together in that swimming pool phenomenal absolutely genius stuff so I love that I just wish, I really wish the rest of the film was just like that, but there's only a couple of moments where it starts to break through, which is a real shame, but this happens, this happens, it's just one of those things, and regardless of how the rest of the film plays out, there's no denying that swimming pool sequence is phenomenal, okay, and the rest of the film isn't bad enough to drag the whole film down, it's just that's standing on top of everything else in a perfectly alright good film. It's not a bad film, it's not a terrible film, it's just not a fantastic film, not one that makes you go, wow, this is so good, so amazing. It's just, that scene in particular did make me go, wow, <laughs> I really like that. So yeah. Now, at the forefront of this film, you've got an incredible performance by Andrew Garfield, and I feel bad that I'm so long into this review, but I haven't even mentioned him yet. Either way, he's great, okay? A lot of Oscar buzz for him. I don't think it's his best performance, if I'm being honest. I think he gave a better performance in Hacksaw Ridge, which just depressed the hell out of me, and it still does. Every single time I watch it, I break down in tears. But he's amazing in that. He's also fantastic in silence, and I thought he was great in this. There's a moment in this when you're like, okay, damn, he is good in this. He gives an amazing singing performance later in the film towards the end, which that, for me, could have secured him an Oscar nomination at least. Because he was great in that. But it does feel as though every single other character has just been sidelined. And I get what it's going for. I get the fact that you've got Vanessa Hudgens in this film who is just a performer. She's just one of the backup singers for Jonathan Larson's play. But you don't know her. You know, you don't get any connection to her whatsoever. So she's just kind of left out of it. But you're still meant to feel empathy and emotion when she's singing, when they're having these performances together. I just didn't really feel that. And it's a shame because I wanted to. And don't get me wrong, the performances are great. The songs are pretty good. They're not my favourite of any musical type of film that I've seen. But I think when you understand it's kind of not a musical, it's more of like a Star is Born type thing. So even though there are these big singing and dance numbers, it's just more of a telling the life of Jonathan Larson as he creates his plays and his musicals through those songs. So I like that and I like the fact that, I don't know, it's kind of confusing because I don't know how much is actually based on the Tick Tick Boom musical and how much is making that and incorporating his previous musical, which I don't even know if that's a real thing. I don't know if that Superbia or whatever he called it, I don't know if that exists or if that's just a fictional musical within this tick tick boom i don't know it's kind of fascinating but at the same time it's kind of confusing because i was watching it and i was thinking yeah i'm liking these songs i'm liking these performances but at the same time are we just watching something kind of made up or are we watching something that actually happened but then went on to create the musical i don't particularly know and it's yeah it's kind of more of a theater kids film which I don't mind, I don't mind those sort of films, but this is very much 
ever so slightly out of my range, like just slightly out of my taste category. Even though I love the people involved, I love the cast, I love who's behind the camera, obviously, and I love, you know, that whole Stephen Sondheim sort of vibe. But it it seemed a little bit too much for me personally. So I'm sure there is a big audience out there. Like if you're a drama student, theatre person, whatever, if you're gonna be somebody that can associate with this film, like I like the fact that he's turning 30 and he's worried about that. And so a lot of that reminded me very much of Bo Burnham's Inside earlier in the year when he turns 30 and that has all the music and the show tunes sort of vibe to it. So yeah, there's a lot of similarities and I can't help but feel that if I hadn't watched Inside and if Inside had came out after this, I might have preferred this more. But because I've seen Inside and I love it so much, it's one of the best films of the year, seeing a more realistic, well, I mean, is it more realistic? Because Bo Burnham's Inside was probably the most realistic thing you could ever watch. But I mean, like a dramatised story of somebody actually turning third. Wait, so does Bo Burnham. But okay, what I'm trying to say is watching this film, Tick, Tick, Boom, as Jonathan Larson was turning 30 in 1990 and on the brink of a breakdown because Stephen Sondheim had his first break when he was 27. Now he's turning 30 and he's struggling and he wants to get a big break, but he's not getting it. So if I hadn't seen Inside, I may have not empathised more, not really related to more, but I would have been more sold on this. But because I've seen Inside, this just kind of feels ever slightly second best. Which is a shame because I don't want to feel that way. And yeah, it's got an amazing performance. Well, not just from Andrew Garfield, but everybody gives solid performances all around. It's just the characters aren't the best written. And I don't know if that's because they've struggled to adapt it from the real world into a film adaptation. Or if they've just kind of sidelined them for the reason that it's mainly Jonathan Larson at the forefront and everybody else is just passing through. Maybe. Okay, so maybe that is the case. However... I can't help but notice no emotional feeling whatsoever with anybody other than Jonathan Larson and maybe his friend that contracts HIV, which that storyline is sad. However, that sets some rent, which I appreciate, and I liked that storyline. Very emotional at times. It's a powerfully driven film with heart at the centre of it and a lot of strong-willed ideologies. However, I just didn't really... I, I don't know. I didn't love it. I did not love it. I liked it. I think it's very well made. Directing is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just there's nothing special with it. And there's a few times where I thought, yeah, I can kind of see where he's trying to imprint his own thing on. I liked his cameo in it. I liked some of the other little bit parts of people that were actually in In the Heights. So they've obviously just wandered onto this set because Lynn said, hey, hang on, I'm doing my own film over here. Also set in New York. Let's just quickly shoot something. You can be in my film. So I thought, you know, a little bit of continuity that I like. I'm excited to see what he does next, obviously, because he's one of the most fascinating and talented guys out there. And even though this isn't the massive home run that a lot of people are saying it is, a lot of people are saying it's very, very good. And yeah, while I agree it's good, I don't think it's... I don't think it's without fault. And I don't want to be too harsh because... It, you know, it entertained me, it didn't feel long at all, just under two hours, nice length, I thought it was fairly quick paced, and there comes a point when I got half an hour into the film and I thought, not really sold yet, I'm starting to lose interest, but then it does pick up a lot, and the next hour, I really enjoyed, I loved that hour in the middle of this film. 
Then it sort of dies down a little bit towards the end. But then Andrew Garfield gives a fantastic performance. And the ending is pretty strong. Pretty strong indeed. It's just everything kind of felt, not safe, but I mean kind of safe. But nothing, wow, nothing show-stopping. Which you kind of expect from not just who it's being told about, who the story is based on, but also who's behind the camera. You know, Lynn is a fantastic guy. You kind of expect something more, just more. You expect something more. So maybe that is my own fault for getting my anticipation up too high, but I wasn't exactly massively hyped for this film. I was excited to see his debut feature, and I was excited for a long time. When this film first got announced by Netflix, I thought... I'm going to watch that straight away. And I did. I watched it over the opening weekend. But I think it's definitely more for a niche audience. Whereas something like In the Heights or something like, you know, what Jonathan Larson has created. So Rent and all that. That's kind of one audience. And this is another. This is kind of the telling of that story for another audience. Even though it's based on a different audience entirely. So if you like the ins and outs of being a drama student and getting a musical onto the stage and all that jazz, this will be for you. You know, you will enjoy it. And I enjoyed it. I just don't think I'm going to watch it again. Whereas in the Heights, I've watched countless number of times already, at least, I don't know, six or seven, maybe even 10. But that's because you can sing and dance along to it. It's just lighthearted and fun. And this is much more serious. And that's not a problem. That's not a problem at all. But the songs in it are definitely harder to manage and harder to sing along to which is fine you don't have to sing along to every single song in a musical ever but you know you watch Rent and it's quite fast-paced similar to Lynn's style but it's much more wordy and numerical with the songs too that's very much the case with this so the fact that the song about him turning 30 in 1990 they keep just saying 30 90 30 90 and I was like okay what are they referencing 92 is it the fact that he was born in 1990 or he was turning 30 in 1990 and it turns out he's turning 30 in 1990 which is funny because in Bo Burnham's Inside he was born in 1990 now he's turning 30 or now he did turn 30 so yeah watching back to back both Netflix films you probably find them entertaining you probably would find that an unusual unorthodox double bill but there's definitely essences of it throughout and yeah like I said Definitely a niche audience of theatre students and fair enough, you know, that's what it's going for and I can appreciate that. I liked most of it, it's just some of it lost me and it's not quite my cup of tea when it comes to musicals, when it comes to exploring this kind of film. However, very strong lead from Andrew Garfield. I I would love him to get a nomination because he's an amazing actor, but I don't think he's going to win. And I think other people may be robbed like Jake Gyllenhaal and definitely Will Smith as well. Like, they would both be robbed if Andrew wins this. However, he's good. Okay, he's a great actor. He's good in this. I liked him. And even though I wish they had more to do, I did like the supporting cast. So, Alexandra Ship, she's great in it. Vanessa Hudgens is pretty good. And it was great to see Bradley Whitford in it as well. Because I'm always, always a fan when Bradley Whitford shows up in films. So, he's great in Get Out. He's great in The Cabin in the Woods. And he's pretty good in this as Stephen Sondheim. So, I liked that. I didn't expect him to show up as Stephen Sondheim. But yeah, good little inclusion there, and yeah, this film is good, this film is good, it's just nothing as special as I think it's trying to be, which is a shame, it is a shame, but I'm still excited nevertheless for whatever Lynn does next, 
Encanto, that's what he does next. So I'm excited for that at the end of the week. I will review that and I'll get these up around a similar time, hopefully. But with that, this has been Tick Tick Boom. I've been Kieran and I shall speak to you in the next episode of You Can't Handle the Truth.